How to Create a Glitch Monologue Season 23 Chapter 9 This is Season 23 of How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix Monologues Episode 9. In this episode, we will be discussing the principle of appropriation as introduced in Season 6 Episode 3, continued in Season 14 Episode 6 and 9 and Season 21 Chapter 3. To begin, wherever there is union, there is substitution and displacement. That substitution and displacement takes the form of appropriation. Now, it may manifest, as in season 21, chapter 3, through divisive expectation contracts, or it may manifest, through spatial non-consensuality. Suffice it to say, wherever non-consensuality manifests, be it in the archetypal realm, or through social contracts, or through spatial interaction, appropriation follows. To reiterate, imagine that person A has a divisive expectation contract with person B. Imagine that person A and B were formerly in a relationship. Person C and A are now in a relationship. Thus, through this divisive expectations contract, person C will appropriate the identity which corresponds to the meeting of the expectations of A. Now, what is the significance of this? Fundamentally, through the principle of polarity, every thought is paired. Now, this is not a natural state, necessarily, but rather is the result of the tonic-dominant relationship forming between participating social actors. As two actors form this bond or relationship of conjoined expectations, it follows necessarily that their impulses, their thoughts will pair so long as it is maintained. This means that going forward, so long as that pairing is maintained, the divisive expectation contract will enable them to appropriate from B and give to C. The most effective at this task is of course the nexus empath. She or he who forms bonds with a large number of individuals in their social network, which permits them to act as a conduit for the passage of common thoughts and feelings. But there is an added implication of this effect. The progressive pairing of thoughts grants person A the ability to 1. appropriate new ideas and concepts through the divisive expectation contract, and 2. transmit those new ideas and concepts to other members of their social network or archetypal constellation. In effect, although individual attempts to generate or exculpate themselves from context can be successful, they will only be as successful as the person is isolated in their emotional bonds. The moment that a person permits or entertains acting upon an expectation of another, pursuant to what they later discover is a divisive expectation contract, they will find their identity, thoughts and ideas appropriated by the masses. It is likewise not a coincidence that these individuals will mirror the impulses and emotional states of those to whom they are engaged in what essentially amounts to leading on, further to the divisive expectation contract, and the appropriation of the identity, emotions and ideas of the former. Thus, social contracts, and specifically divisive expectation contracts can be a useful tool for some people, especially nexus empaths to redirect or revert identity away from unfavored members of their archetypal constellation, to favored ones. How does this manifest? Suppose you are working on an idea for a patent. You are person A. Now suppose you are in a relationship, or at least, are led to believe you are in a relationship with person B by person B. 
Now suppose person C who is a friend of person B also is in the same field as you. You have a breakthrough one night and text message person B. You do not detail the nature of the breakthrough, but you have affirmed and met the expectations of person B so it makes no difference. As a result, person C receives, through the parallel pairing of A to B and B to C the same idea. But, due to his association with D finds it easier to get the preparatory work done to complete the patent. He succeeds in patenting the idea first. This is appropriation. Now, nexus empaths are frequently female, but not necessarily so. Thus, the social economy enables such behavior by commoditizing confidence, contracts and ideas. Many people have no idea they are lifting concepts and ideas from others through their social contracts, but some people do. In the end, the appropriation process is designed to favor those with the ability to influence social contracts, to compel compliance with expectation matching even using coercive tactics to do so. Whether that involves the incentivization of sex, or the commoditization of attention, ultimately matters less than the underlying impact on innovation and development of thought processes. It is through the process of parallel pairing that men such as Leibniz and Newton developed calculus at the same time. Just as it is through this process that Edison and Tesla competed. Nevertheless, it is often interesting to ask yourself, as an exercise, who was the nexus empath between these two figures? The answer between Leibniz and Newton was John Collins, a publisher. Just as between Edison and Tesla it was Charles Batchelor, Edison's business partner. In past episodes, we also discussed how generation of new archetypes, narratives, results in their assumption by other members of the system. This happens through the agency of the nexus empath, who brokers the transmission of those narratives and archetypes to the masses, subliminally, through the same process of pairing. In any event, the ultimate implication of all this is that appropriation is an orderly part of human relationships structured by contracts, archetypes and spatial territoriality. But it also betrays the underlying inequity of a system which grants inception of ideas, archetypes and concepts to some, then appropriates them and provides them as fully gestated to others. That's the end of the podcast for today. If you enjoyed it, please like, comment and subscribe.